This morning, uh, I have the awesome privilege of introducing to you our, our guest speaker this morning, our friend. He's not a guest at Bridge. He's been the bridge before. And um, this morning, Lee Rogers is going to come. He's going to share God's word with us this morning. And uh, Lee is the current district youth director for the Pennsylvania and Delaware District of the Assemblies of God. Um, he's over all the youth pastors, so he's like Pastor Matt's pastor. Um, however, Lee, at the end of October, is transitioning to Springfield, Missouri, where he will oversee youth evangelism for the Assemblies of God. And um, so uh, he has uh, such a heart for students. Um, I've been privileged. He's one of my mentors. He's been pouring into my life. Lee, I, I've looked at it since like 2007 is whenever we first uh, first met each other. I interned with Lee as a college student, and uh, then uh, throughout my years in youth ministry, and even even in ministry here at Bridge, Lee has been pouring into my heart, into my life, and so, so thankful that you're here with us. And so would you come share with us this morning what God's placed on your heart? Hey, great to be with you, Bridge. And you all look great today, so turn to the person next to you and say, you look great. Yeah, turn to the person on the other side and say, you look great. Good. It helps, you know. It helps to know that you're looking great today. And if you're not, God will forgive that lie. It's okay. But uh, it's good to be back with you and... Uh, uh, Pastor Paul, I don't know, this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've been able to be with you to speak on a Sunday, and it's uh, always a pleasure to be here. And um, years ago, I served as Youth Alive missionary, and the church was faithful uh, in their support of me as a missionary, and was able to be here several times during those years, and now, uh, of course, coming as Network Youth Director. But uh, uh, so grateful, so thankful to this church, and thank you, Rob Furr. It's true, Rob Furr interned with me, and uh and survived. Uh, he's one of the hardest working guys I know in ministry, Rob Fur. And uh, Rob, I remember that uh, we were doing a chicken barbecue one time when you interned for me, and we had to get up, of course, really early, like 5.30 on a Saturday. And Rob and I, we stopped at Sheets for coffee. I don't know if you know what Sheets is. It's a terrible version of Wawa is what it is. And um, uh, if, yeah, you know you're from Western PA if you disagree with that statement, but, uh, but it's true. It's terrible version of Wawa. And, and we were getting coffee, and this is 15 years ago, so, uh, you know, they had the little uh, creamer uh, cups, and uh, I get the large coffee, and I go to pour the creamer in, and I pour a couple of creamers out, and Rob looks at me. It's about 6 in the morning at Sheets, and he goes, you know you're pouring that creamer right into the trash can. It's true, I was. That's how tired I was. That's the kind of guy Rob Fur is. He will tell you when you are pouring your creamer into the trash can. <laughs> I, last time I was here was 13 months ago, August uh, of 2021, and I shared a message at that time of three things that today's student needs, and today I want to really pick up on that uh, a little bit where I left off. Uh, we're here uh, today, of course, to worship the Lord, to gather as a church, but we're also going to take some time today to give honor to Matt and Mary and to Miles Robinson, who served here for over five years as youth pastors. And have really led and spearheaded the youth ministry efforts here at Bridge, of course, and done other things, such as lead worship as well. But youth ministry really is a whole church effort. Uh, it's something that if it's going to work, if we're going to pass on uh, our values, if we're going to have true disciples, followers of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, operating in God's love, it's something that takes the entire church to be a part of. And about a year ago, I shared a message and uh, talked about three things today's students needs. Uh, three things today's student needs. One is, of course, they need a spirit-empowered parenting which can come from a parent who loves the Lord, or it can come from members of a church who step in. 
because maybe uh, the parent uh, is not where they should be with the Lord, or maybe the parent doesn't attend church at all. This would be an example of uh, what we see, for example, in the lives of Paul and Timothy. Paul became a spiritual father to Timothy, whose father was, in fact, uh, Roman and followed the Roman pantheon of God. Second thing today's student needs, a spirit-empowered church. And so they need a church to come on board with that. And, of course, the third thing today's student needs is a spirit-empowered experience and existence within the Holy Spirit for their own. You know, today's generation cannot live off of the blessing that God gave to your generation. Today's generation will not make it uh, based on the same uh, experience of the Lord that you had. I mean, just think about how different things are today for teenagers growing up. And so you know that then the Lord needs to meet their needs in a different way. Same spirit, same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in us, but a different experience of that Holy Spirit. And so today I want to talk to you and uh, just give you uh, four things uh, that the church can do uh, to help today's generation. And whether you are young here today, whether you are older here today, maybe you're in the throes of it and you have a teenager now, and every night you go to bed and say, help me, Jesus. Uh, I think there'd be something for you. But, you know, uh, one of the things I, I love about this time of year is, of course, football. Go birds, right? Uh, yeah, good. And uh, I'm an Eagles fan. I youth pastored uh, right out of of, uh, of the University of Valley Forge. I youth pastored in Roxborough and Maniunk at the Worship Center uh, for uh, four and a half years before I went to Carlisle and youth pastored there for seven and a half years. But one of the things I love about fall is football. And I remember when I was just when I was 18 years old, I remember playing flag football with uh, my friends. We were freshmen at the University of Valley Forge. It was Valley Forge Christian College at the time. And uh, every, every Saturday afternoon, we would come out and we would meet in front of the administration building. And there's a big stretch of grass out in front of the administration building. And it's lined with trees. And it's about the size of a football field. So we would come out and we would play flag football. It was really just a pickup game. You know what I'm talking about? Like a neighborhood pickup game type of thing, but on campus. So we didn't have a, like proper equipment. We didn't have the proper like flag belts and things. And so the rule was you had to bring two long socks with you to be flags in the flag football game. And you would just tuck those socks into your waistband and that would act as the flag. And uh, I remember uh, that we were out there uh, playing one day, and of course the goal in football, always get the ball across the end zone and score a touchdown. And I had gone out for a pass, and now, you know, when you take those socks and you tuck them in, uh, that's a little loose. And so I used to do what's called the double tuck, okay? The double tuck is where you tuck it inside of your pants, but also inside of your underwear liner, Okay. <laughs> That's the double tuck. Gives you a little extra security. Just a pro tip. You can follow me for more flag football tips if you like. <laughs> and I go out for a pass. And uh, we're maybe at the 30-yard line going towards the end zone. And, and the quarterback sees me. I'm open. He throws the ball to me. I catch the pass. And I start running towards the end zone. I mean, I am booking it. I wasn't actually a great athlete, so I was just thrilled to have the ball in my hands and to have caught it. And I'm running towards the end zone, and the defender comes at me, and I actually do a little spin move. And I get away from it. That's the best way. You get those flags spinning, and it's hard to grab. And I do a spin move and I keep running and now the defenders are kind of mad because, you know, I made them look a little silly because they missed the flag on their first attempt. So the next defender comes up and reaches for my flag and grabs a hold of my entire thigh because they don't want a spin move happening and they don't want to miss uh, that flag. Now, uh, this is in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. And, uh, you know, fashions come and go. Uh, and one of the one of the styles of kind of exercise or, or workout or, or comfort pants from the late 90s uh, were these uh, kind of like uh, just workout pants, and they were full length, but they had buttons that went all the way up and down the side. And maybe you could remember that, but this defender grabbed a hold of my thigh. And he went to rip that flag. 
And I, all I heard was pop, 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 pop. As the buttons started to pop off of my pants, he grabs the flag and my pants. My pants come flying off. And the flag had slipped through his hand. So there I am in my underwear with my flags still attached. And I've got a choice now. I can stop and put my pants back on. Or I can go the extra 10 yards for a touchdown. Touchdown! (laughs) You know, I reached the goal. I scored a touchdown to my humiliation. But it didn't look pretty. (laughs) Not the preferred way to score a touchdown. And, you know, when I think of youth ministry... It's kind of like this. You have a goal you're reaching for, but it's crazy what we deal with with students today. And we often reach the goal, but it's often not what we envisioned when we get there. It's a little different. And those of you who raise teenagers, you know what I'm talking about, the ups and the downs. And you want to get them across the finish line. And you're just praying that God will help you. Well, the church is here to help you too. And people like Pastor Matt and Mary and the youth leaders and people who work with teenagers are here to help you too. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I w- it was Father's Day weekend actually, I was, uh, uh, had a visit from a, a friend uh, who had been a student in our youth ministry when we were in Roxborough. And his name's Warren Petrillo. And, uh, you know, I, I went to Roxborough in 1999, so uh, it's, uh, you know, over 22 years ago uh, and uh, that I started there. And so now Warren is he's not a kid anymore. He's not a student anymore. He's a grown man. And uh, he works for the Department of Agriculture, and he does animal removals and things. And good, he's become a good friend over the years. Warren's dad passed away about 10 years ago. Now two or three times a year, Warren will come out uh, to visit and to stay with us. Uh, and I've kind of become uh, something of a father figure to him. Uh, and he came to visit on Father's Day, and we were sitting out on the deck, uh, and we were uh, going to go ride our bikes in the woods, actually. Uh, it's kind of weird. This is what happens in youth ministry. My wife's like, what are you guys doing today? I was like, Warren and I are going to go ride bikes. <laughs> you know, you do end up doing a lot, of, a lot of fun things together. And while we were there, another young man named Eldon came over, and uh, Eldon was from our youth group in Carlisle. And Eldon, his dad was still alive, but his dad kind of abandoned him when he was about 11 or 12 years old. And uh, and so the, obviously anytime there's an abandonment uh, that goes on in a child's life, that it gets complicated emotionally and psychologically. And Eldon came by because he was actually going to visit his dad, uh, the one who had abandoned him. And he needed to stop by and, and just be in a peaceful place and pray for a little while. Uh, before that. And so on Father's Day, uh, the Saturday before Father's Day, we, we sat on the deck, the three of us. And uh, I was just honored to, to be there with two young men who had come through our youth ministry, who I still have a relationship with today, uh, who love the Lord, who are serving God, who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a little bit of what youth ministry can be like. It's, it's helping students. It's picking up the pieces. It's pointing them towards Jesus. And we often see in Scripture uh, instances, such as the instance of Paul and Timothy, uh, where an adult who loves the Lord takes a teenager, takes an adolescent under their wings and begins to mentor them, begins to walk alongside them. In fact, I've become wholly convinced that the disciples of Jesus uh, were actually teenagers when Jesus took them in. And we know Jesus was 33 years old when he died. He took the disciples on to be his students when he was about 30. And what did they call him? They called him rabbi, which meant teacher. Didn't mean religious leader. Rabbi as a term religious leader developed much later. In this age, it meant teacher. In fact, there were many, many teachers. And one of the things that teachers, that rabbis would do in Jesus' age is they would take a group of students. And this is, this is well known if you, if you look at this, if you research it for yourself, that during the time of Jesus, uh, the Jewish people had a robust elementary school system. 
And kids would learn. They would actually learn the scriptures uh, at a young age, and they would basically go to school till they were about 12 or 13. And uh, when they hit about 14, they would graduate out of school. But the gifted, the very gifted students, the ones who were really smart, like the Apostle Paul was, would pay their way, especially if their family had money, they would pay and they would go and they would study under a rabbi. And they would be about 15 or 16 when they would be in that rabbinical school. And Paul, for example, was in the school of Gamaliel, if you read about this in the New Testament. Now, Jesus does something different. He doesn't take money to teach uh, the students that are in his tutelage. Instead, he goes around and he finds them. Because if you weren't smart enough to go study under a rabbi, and you didn't have the money to go study under a rabbi, what did you do? You entered the workforce. And where does Jesus find the disciples? Catching fish, mostly. And in the workforce. And when he comes around and he says, drop everything and follow me, it's almost like a dream come true for them. You mean we don't have to work with these stinking fish? A rabbi actually wants to take us in, take care of us, and teach us? The disciples that we see in Renaissance art, such as da Vinci's The Last Supper painting, for example, would paint them as old men with beards. I think da Vinci was painting himself. We do that, don't we? We put ourselves into the story with Jesus. We picture it as we picture ourselves. But what makes the most sense is that they were teenagers. Remember this incident where Jesus, uh, he uh, is, is sitting and eating with the disciples, and, and, and uh, John uh, and uh, the sons of Zebedee, uh, they, their mother comes in and presents them before Jesus and says, let my son sit at your right hand and your left hand. Now, what kind of grown men would allow their mother to do that? But if they're teenagers, well, that makes perfect sense. So one of the things I've become very convinced of is that the church, that Jesus set an example for us that we ought to be taking an interest, a severe interest in the next generation. That we ought to take, as, as followers of Jesus who are older and more mature, each of us ought to find a young person that we can mentor, that we can take in, that we can walk with. And I want to give you four things that you can do today out of the relationship that existed between Joshua and Moses uh, that was one of the earliest examples of youth ministry that we see in Scripture. Moses, of course, you picture Moses as the great deliverer of Israel from the bonds of slavery in Egypt. He leads the nation across the Red Sea. He commands uh, this nation as they move through the promised land. He appoints elders over the tribes and establishes this governmental system as they move through the wilderness. But there's a really interesting passage in Numbers uh, chapter 11, uh, around verse 28, where it talks about Joshua as one of the choice young men who worked closely with Moses. And Joshua was extraordinarily young when he went to work with Moses, maybe 12 or 13. And that, vo- that verse teaches us that not only uh, did Moses work with Joshua as a teenager, but that he had several young men that he worked with. And, and in essence, what I'm getting at is, you know what, Moses led this nation, but he had a small group of young people that he was mentoring, that he was walking with. And that's a lot of times what youth ministry is about. So the first thing you can do if you're taking notes uh, uh, in, in order to help today's students is simply this. Steward a teenager's gift and appreciate them for who they are. You know, we don't often see when you look at a teenager the whole package of the giftedness, giftedness that they have, that they contain. For example, when I was 18 and running down the front of the administration building carrying a football with no pants on, you may not have been able to recognize uh, that one day uh, God would put me somewhere to do something for his kingdom. 
Moses almost immediately recognizes Joshua's leadership ability. In fact, in a very early passage, a very early narrative of Joshua and Moses' experience, Joshua actually puts him over some of the armed forces and sends Joshua out to war. Could you imagine doing that with a teenager today? It's crazy. I mean, it, it's insane. But Joshua begins to steward Joshua. Moses begins to steward Joshua's leadership gift, and Joshua clearly had a leadership gift. He followed Moses through the whole wilderness, and then when Moses died, it was up to Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. So the first thing I would ask you to do today, church, is when you see a teenager, see beyond the quirky behavior. See beyond what you hear on the news about today's generation. See beyond the generational differences and try to see what God sees in them. Try to see what God sees. In fact, Pastor, one of the things I'm convinced of, I told the South Central section of of our Assemblies of God ministers this last week, I'm convinced that every lead pastor needs to have a teenager within the sphere of people that they are directly discipling. And I think the same is true for many of you in here. The second thing is this, and this is something that's easy to do. Moses took Joshua along. Take a teenager along with you. Here's some of the instances where Moses takes Joshua along. He took Joshua along to Mount Sinai when he ascended into the cloud to receive the Ten Commandments. Now, Joshua did not himself enter the cloud, but he was there. As if Moses was saying to Joshua, come with me, now wait here, I'm going to go meet with God. A second time where we see uh, uh, Moses taking Joshua with him is at the tent of meeting. This is Exodus chapter 30, verses 11, where it says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of nine, none would remain behind in the tent. Boy, isn't that what you want for this generation of young people? A generation that stays behind in the tent of meeting where the meeting with the Lord takes place. So Moses, like, he's not just taking Joshua along, but there's these specific instances where he is teaching Joshua what it means to meet with God. Friends, when you come to an altar, bring a teenager with you. When you go to prayer, when you go to meet with God, bring them with you. And then there's another story in Numbers chapter 11 where Moses had called all the elders of Israel, 72 of them, to come outside of the camp where the Holy Spirit was going to pour out on them and they were going to receive uh, prophecy from the Holy Spirit. You know what? It wasn't just the 72 elders that were there. Joshua was there too. In fact, Joshua begins to... uh, raise a concern because only 70 of the 72 elders went outside of the camp to prophesy. Two elders named Eldad and Bedad stayed back in the camp. And when the Holy Spirit fell on the 70 elders who were outside of the camp, it also fell on the two who remained behind. And they began to prophesy inside of the camp. And Moses saw this happening. Uh, He became aware of what was happening, and he ran... Uh, Joshua did, became aware of what was happening. He ran to Moses and said, Moses, you've got to put a stop to this. All the elders are out here, but these two, they're like inside the camp still prophesying. And Joshua's kind of worried that these two are trying to take away Moses' influence because they stayed back to prophesy while the rest went outside the camp. And Moses takes the opportunity to correct and to teach and to rebuke Joshua. He says, would it? that all our people would prophesy? Would it that God's Spirit would fall on all of them? And this is the third thing that you can do with a teenager or for a teenager today. Teach them. Correct them when they need corrected. You know, we live in a society today where it's very taboo to correct people. Have you heard this phrase, you do you? You do you, boo. It's almost like, oh, hey, we won't judge you. Do whatever you want. Can I just tell you, there are times where you must teach and correct. 
And that is part of the spirit-empowered role the church has in the lives of a next generation. Yes, you do you in the sense that God has created you to have unique gifts and talents and abilities, but not you do you to the extent that it leads you into sin or leads you away from God. That's when correction and rebuke from the leaders of the church has to come into the lives of young people. Who else will teach them? I will tell you who. TikTok. I'm serious. I'm serious. Is that what you want? You want some social media content creators teaching the next generation of believers of Bridge Community Church? That's not what I want. I want them to learn from you. The people who love the Lord, I want them to learn from people like Pastor Matt and Mary. Moses, it's recorded twice that he corrected Joshua. The first time was in Numbers chapter 11 when these elders began to prophesy and Moses said, it's okay. They're not taking my influence, more or less, is what he's saying. We want the Holy Spirit to fall on the entire nation. The second time was when they came down from Mount Sinai in Exodus 32 when Moses had received the Ten Commandments and much of the law. And as they're coming down, you recall that Aaron had made a golden calf in the camp and really probably modeled it after what they had seen in Egypt. And that there was a party going on in the camp worshiping this golden calf. And Joshua and Moses, they're descending the mountain. And Joshua says, boy, do you hear that? I hear the sound of war coming from camp. And Moses corrects him and says, "Uh, that's not the sound of war. That's the sound of celebration. Do you know that the first two times that Joshua is recorded as speaking in Scripture, the first one is this when they're coming down from the mountain, and the second one is in Numbers 11 when he warns Moses about the prophets. And both times that he spoke, both times that Joshua opened his mouth for the first time in Scripture, he was wrong. And Moses corrected him. It's not coincidental. It's there for a reason. It's there so that you see and realize that Joshua, one day, he becomes this great leader who leads the conquest of Canaan. But when he was under Moses, he needed, te- he needed teaching. He needed times rebuking. He needed to be taught what was this and what was that. Friends, that's part of the role of the church with the next generation, to teach, to correct, to rebuke. But let me just tell you, teaching and correcting and rebuking don't go too well unless you're taking them along with you. In other words, you have to have relationship. That has to be your context. And one of the last things that Moses does that I want us to learn from here as a church when it comes to the next generation is Moses spoke directly to Joshua's identity. In fact, here's what it says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 16, it says, Moses called Hoshea, son of Nun, by the name Joshua. Do you know that Joshua is not Joshua's original name? His name was Hoshea, not Joshua. Now, here's a key difference. Spoke directly, Moses did, to Joshua's identity. Here's the key difference. Hoshea means he has delivered. Joshua means God has delivered. See, one points to a humanistic end. He has delivered. I deliver. I can deliver myself. One points to the idea that God is our deliverer, that God is the one. Listen to me, friends. This is what we need from the church today. We need spirit-empowered adults who will walk alongside teenagers. Take them along with you. Recognize the potential inside of them. Teach, correct, rebuke where where you have to, but speak to their identity. Let them know that they're not what the world is telling them that they are, but they are created in God's image, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has a plan for them, that God is their deliverer, not themselves, not their friends, not anyone else. And so today we want to uh, take a moment because I'm challenging you today to do these things. I'm challenging you today to take a student along with you, to recognize the potential that's in them that's God-given, to steward the gifts that they have, to teach them, to correct them, to rebuke them, to speak to their identity. But, you know, 
That's what Matt and Mary have been doing for the last five years. That's youth ministry in a snapshot. And so today, church, I'm challenging you to do that, but I'm also recognizing that we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you to Matt and Mary. And so I'm going to pray, and uh, I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to pray for the call that God has placed on Bridge Community Church to be a light here in this community, not just for your age group, but for the age groups that are emerging, for young people everywhere. And then Pastor Paul's going to come, and we're going to enter into a time of uh, celebration, laughter, and uh, thanksgiving uh, for the gifts that Matt and Mary have been to this church. God, thank you for Bridge Community Church. Thank you for Lansdale. Thank you for placing this church here for giving it a purpose, for giving it a name, for giving it a vision. And I know there is a vision within this church to reach more and more young people, even if it means in doing it through unconventional ways. So God, I just pray today for this church, for every person who is in this congregation today. Lord, I pray that they would be filled with your Holy Spirit and that that Spirit would speak to them convictingly, convincingly, to get involved with the next generation, with children or with youth, to recognize that there are unique gifts and that there are things that need to be stewarded that are God-given in the next generation. God, help them to find the time and the energy and the desire to take students along with them on the journey of following you and give them the words to speak as you promised us you would through your Holy Spirit, to speak and to teach and to correct. And God, we pray that you give them the power and the courage through the Holy Spirit to speak to every student's identity in this place. God, we need you and we ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Paul. Thanks, Lee. Hey, can we just thank Lee publicly for being here this morning? Thank you so very much. I'm going to just take this, move this to the side here just for a moment. And uh, just to echo what what Lee said, we are going to take some time for the rest of our service. uh, Recognize, appreciate, and celebrate Pastor Matt, Mary, and Miles. Um, So what you're going to experience over the next number of minutes uh, will be fun. There will be energy. There also is going to be some seriousness. You're probably going to laugh and you might do a little crying, but here's why we're incorporating all of those things. Because if you're talking about high energy and fun and laughter, you're talking about pastor Matt, right? 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 I remember one of the first messages Pastor Matt ever preached at Bridge, um, not because I witnessed it, but someone came to me and said that he was in room 103 doing calisthenics before he was getting ready to preach on a Sunday morning, that he was in there and he was jumping up and warming up and doing everything, and he had all of his food in front of him. Um, So there's a lot of energy that he has brought to the table. How many of you have experienced the energy of Pastor Matt over the last five years? Yes. But we're also going to talk about some serious things as well, and that goes without saying because we just don't bring someone in to be a part of a church because they're high energy. They also have a deepness and a seriousness. So we are going to start our celebration and recognition of Pastor Matt and Mary by having a little fun and having a trivia game, okay? So, uh, Pastor Rob, if you could come up here, please, and you can uh, grab a microphone. Uh, We need all of you to participate in this, okay? So we're going to play a couple of... um, the, the game is called How Well Do You Know the, Rob- the Robinsons, okay? And if you've been here over um, Mother's Day or Father's Day, you know that we've had some trivia, and basically we're looking for the first person who can raise their hand and answer the, right, answer the question with the right answer. Um, but not only will you have the opportunity to get a gift, okay? These are special gifts because, again, we want everything to be in honor of Pastor Matt. You will either get your own personal oatmeal packet signed by Pastor Matt or the banana of your choice signed by Pastor Matt okay alright so Pastor Rob you're going to bring an oatmeal packet and you're going to bring a banana to each person and they can choose okay and that's what we're going to do so here are your bananas okay and here are your oatmeal packets 
okay? And people can choose. And we're going to begin, okay? So this is the first right answer. If you know the answer, we need your hand to go up, and we're going to uh, run over to you and get you a microphone, okay? So here we go. You ready? Okay, question number one. How well do you know the Robinsons? What is one of Pastor Matt's favorite types of pizza? What is Pastor Matt's, one of his favorite types of pizza? A, Primanti Brothers, B, Main Street, C, Domino's, or D, Vinny's? Was there already a number or a hand that came up? Okay, Amar, what would you say the answer is? C, Domino's. C, Domino's. Is that the correct answer? Yes, it is. Yes, we had a conversation about that this week, and Pastor Matt gave me a good example because, you know, I'm from New York, New Jersey. Domino's Pizza. I don't know where that's, what that's about. Domino's Pizza. He said, it's, he said it's like pizza, right? Is that what you said? It's like pizza. So his favorite like pizza is Domino's. Remember that because we're going to need that information later this morning. Okay, number two. Okay, this is a big one. What conspiracy theory does Pastor Matt believe is true? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know who to pick. What conspiracy theory does Pastor Matt believe is true? A, a fake moon landing. B, Bigfoot. C, a flat earth. Or D, birds or government drones that spy on us. Just do it like as like one, two, three, say the answer. If you all know, say at the same time. What is it? Okay, it's Bigfoot. Okay, here. Uh, yes. I don't know. You, you can, yeah, there's an extra one. They can share it, I guess, right? Oh, they're going to split it? Guys, just do it later, okay? I don't want to get an email from the cleaning team, okay? Um, all right. So, yes, that was number two, Bigfoot. That's right. And I was informed this morning by Lee Rogers that people from Western Pennsylvania are more into the whole belief that Bigfoot is real, right? I didn't know that, okay? It's wrong, but I didn't know that. Okay, nor- Northern. Okay, okay, I'm just kidding. All right. I've never, ever seen Bigfoot. Anyone ever seen, really seen Bigfoot? No. Uh, oh. Just for the record, he just compared Jesus to Bigfoot. Just for the record. Okay. All right. There's more evidence for Bigfoot than Jesus. That was his quote for the day. All right. Let's move on because this is going downhill quickly. Okay. Number three. Number three, now this is a question about Mary, okay? And some of you may know that Mary has spent the last couple of years working for a local uh, grocery store uh, a chain uh, doing all types of um, nutritional work and videos and things like that. Here's the question. What was Mary's most viewed food video? What was Mary's most viewed food video? And here are your options. Number one, the snack pack reel. Number two, or letter B, the veggie video short. The C is ASMR clip. Or D is the healthier, healthy media minute. So if you already answered, you got to keep your hand down, okay? But um, do we have someone? Summer? Okay, go ahead. Go over here. Let's see if we get the right answer. A is snack pack. B, veggie video. C, ASMR clip. D, healthy media minute. C, the ASMR clip. That's correct. C, the ASMR clip is the correct one. Okay, yes. What does it stand for? You're all wondering. Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And as of last week, I believe there were over 40,000 views on that video. Right. So we're talking like legit. Okay. And if you don't know what that is, you can ask them about it and they'll send you some information or they'll show you how you can watch it and feel good. Okay. Question number four. What was Pastor Matt's primary instrument in the high school band? A drums, B, guitar, C, oboe, or D, clarinet. Uh, we have another hand in the back there. Pastor Rob, we're waiting. Tick tock, tick tock. What is it? Clarinet. D, clarinet. Is that the right answer? Yes. Clarinet is the right answer. That's right. I've actually seen him play it a few times since you've been here, right? So you still have it, don't you? Uh, it's right in your office? Well, if we only knew that. Okay. All right, and then we have one more trivia question this morning, you guys, and this is a special question, okay? This is a video question, okay? And it involves their son, Miles, and the question is, what animal is Miles imitating? So watch this video. What animal is Miles imitating? Let's play that one more time for everyone. Okay, here are your options. Pastor Rob, you weren't paying attention. Who raised their hand, were you? No, okay. Letter A, lizard. 
Letter B, iguana. Letter C, a snake. Or D, a bearded dragon. What? Now, I'm, see, I think Mick had her, had her hand up first. So I think we're going to, I think we're going to go. I think so. Michaela had her hand up first. So what letter is, or what animal is it, Michaela? Iguana. Letter B, iguana. Is that the right answer? Yes, it's the right answer. <laughs> it is. Letter B is iguana. That is Miles' iguana face. Yes, and if you want to have a great opportunity to see him do it live and in person, you can ask him later, and he'll probably do it for you. Um, that's one of the few things I've seen a child do on command. He must really like that, that, uh, that face. So um, thank you for participating. Can we give a round of applause to everyone that participated? The other thing that we wanted to do, and Lee mentioned it, is that Pastor Matt did have responsibility over youth ministry and worship ministry. So we asked if two different people would be able to come up and just take a minute or two and share uh, some of the things uh, that God um, or that God has done in the way that he, Matt, had, Matt and Mary have been influential in their lives. So um, I asked if, if from youth ministry, if Johnny Sorrow would come up, and then from the worship ministry, Ryan Baptista, if he would come up as well. So you guys, can you come on up and just uh, give them a round of applause as they come up, make them feel welcome. So come on up here, you guys. Come on up here. You can come all the way up. It's good. Ryan, here you go. Man, first of all, I just want to say that I'm so grateful for the friendship that we've been able to develop personally over the last couple of years. You know, I was new here when you started at Bridge. We had a lot of awesome times going to dinner, talking about theology, sharing our, our joys and our struggles in the faith. And I got to know you and Mary through a lot of ministries, through young adult groups and the sharing that we had there. Seeing you pour your heart into youth ministry the couple of times that I, you know, came to be with you there and noticed that all the hands that were flying up like crazy to answer all those questions were mostly young people that you had a hand in their formation. So that's really awesome. And being a part of the worship team and just seeing the the awesome energy and passion for worship that you've brought to this church. I mean, it practically explodes out of you. Every time you're on the stage, you, you stomp when you get excited. You have this whole vocabulary of big body language when you're telling the worship team what to do. Like, you are just so on fire for worshiping, and you communicate that, and that rubs off on the team, and I think it rubs off on the congregation. You know, you have poured so much of yourself into this ministry. You've trained up new members. You've taught us new songs, challenged us to learn new techniques. You did a whole track with us to, to develop new worship leaders so that more members of that team could take on a role. And you've put so much of yourself into this ministry that even after you physically left the church, like that imprint of what you left here is going to be visible for a really long time. And I'm really grateful for that. I think I can speak for the entire worship team when I say that we're really thankful for that. And I said it at our dinner, you know, the great thing about being part of the body of Christ is that even when we're in different places physically, it's still one body. We're still united under the one head that is Christ. And, you know, sure, you're going to be a couple hours away at a different church with some different people, but at the end of the day, we're still connected. We're still part of that family. So thank you for all that you did for us in all of your ministries and in worship. I'm grateful for your friendship, and I pray that God blesses you guys in this next phase. So Matt put out an application for CSM intern, and I applied, and he gave it to me. And what are you? Okay. Okay, cool. So I served as Matt's intern for two summers, and it was one of the most fun experiences of my life. I mean that wholeheartedly. I got to learn so much from time one-on-one with Matt, and he just brings this energy and enthusiasm to the role of CSM pastor that he's rubbed off on me in so many ways, and he's challenged me in a lot of ways, some more fun than others, um, but all of which stretched me to grow stronger in faith and leadership, and I am so grateful for everything that Matt has done for CSM. You can see it in all the students' eyes how heartbroken they were when Matt announced that he was leaving. Uh, Some of them cried. I cried. Um, So I am very thankful for everything Matt has done for the student ministry and for me personally, and I'm going to miss having him with CSM. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh.
I just wanted to take a couple minutes and say a few things of my observations over the last number of months and years uh, regarding Pastor Matt and Mary. Um, some of the things you're going to know, some of them you probably have never heard before. Um, but here's what I put together. Um, Bridge Community Church was the first ministry role out of college that Pastor Matt served in. In fact, there were a lot of firsts that he experienced when he came to Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Uh, this was his first ministry role. Um, it sounds a little strange, but it was his first marriage. Okay. <laughs> his only marriage, but it is his first marriage. We actually met Mary over a year, basically, after he was here, um, after they got married. Uh, we knew her a little before, but then she came here. Uh, they bought their first house in Lansdale, the first house that they ever owned together. They've had their first child in Lansdale. They were part of Ridge Community Church, and Lord willing, it was their experience to have their first and last pandemic ever in the history of the world here at Bridge Community Church. Um, I'm sharing all of that because, you know, historically or statistically, people say um, there are some specific things that are incredibly difficult to go through. Um, Matt and Mary have gone through almost all of those things here as being a part of Bridge Community Church, whether it's expanding your family, you know, having a, um, a child, moving to a new location, a new job. Those are all very stressful things, and they did them all as part of our community, and we want to recognize that. Um, we've also seen some other changes as well. Um, we've seen the evolution of Mary's hair. She went from long hair to short hair to long hair again. Some of you remember that, right? That was really cool. And uh, Mary looked good all throughout it, everything. It looked great. Um, We saw that. Um, We saw Pastor Matt take trips to Texas. He took trips to youth camp, to winter retreat, to the Atlanta Dream Center. Uh, I just conservatively conservatively estimated the number of hours he could have spent working with students at CSM only on Wednesday nights, over 500 hours of just the official two-hour Wednesday night times that he could have invested or would have invested over the last five years. Does not include pre, does not include post-time, does not include weekends or events. Um, And from a worship leading perspective, there were over 250 Sunday morning worship service plans that he has created and led over the last five years at Bridge. Isn't that incredible? Think about that. Numbers are good like that, and they all speak, you know, to someone, you know, performing a job. But the thing that goes beyond that is the connection and the countless conversational hours he's had with students, either after CSM, over the weekend, leaving for different um, events, going to games. He's done that over the last five plus years. In fact, they've been here for, he's been here for 64 months, five years and four months. This month will be the fourth month. So it's been a long time, and we wanted to recognize that. Um, conversations with the students and making an impact in their lives is really what all of that is about. The gatherings and the meetings, I mean, we all understand. We come here for a season of time, but in the absence of relationship, none of this really sticks. If we don't have a relationship with the people around us, coming to a church service or a Wednesday night thing doesn't really have any long-term benefit for us. We need to be in relationship with people, and that's where Pastor Matt shined. Um, And that's really what it's all about. What did he bring to the table over the last five years? He brought encouragement, positivity, Kindness, kindness and love to everyone and a maturity level um, that, that I think is, is missing in people of this age group. Uh, when you pe- see young people in their 20s, um, my wife and I said this many years ago when we first met Pastor Matt and Mary, we said they bring something different to the table for someone in that age bracket. They think differently. They live differently. Their priorities are different. And that is becoming more and more of a rare Occurrence, So we see that and we recognize that in you. Um, if I could give you all one scripture that I would just share with you, um, you know, I don't have this, you know, God's going to meet all your needs or trust in him for everything. Those are all true. The one scripture that came to mind that I just wanted to speak to you directly is First Timothy 4.12. When Paul looked at Timothy and he said, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I think if you look at the way you've demonstrated, you and your wife have demonstrated um, your character and your love for others and your love for God, all of those have applied to your life. So whether you've done that here at Bridge, which I know you have, um, I want to encourage you to do that when you move forward and you go to your next next church. Um, 
there will be people much older than you there. Uh, and sometimes people think because they're older, they know more. And that's not always true. If they don't believe that, go read Job. Um, there's a man named Elihu there, and he puts them all in their place after they had a chance to talk. Um, but when you go, go in the confidence to know that just because you still go in a younger mindset doesn't mean that you don't bring a great, incredible amount of strength and gifting um, and truth because God's made you who you are and the way that you are. So just wanted to leave that for you. Um, we do have um, some gifts for you. Now, I don't know if... Uh, Maybe do you want to come up? I'm not sure like what Mary's situation is with Miles. If you want to try to come up for this or just maybe sit tight. We're going to ask you to come up in just a few minutes. So is that okay? So Matt, could you just come on up here? We do have some gifts. I don't know where they... Oh, yeah, yeah. Could you bring those gifts out for us here? We've got a special guest that's going to bring out some gifts for Matt and Mary. <laughs> could you come on out here, please? You can come right up here. Everybody, everybody take out their half megapixel phones right now and take the blurriest photo you can because you're never going to see this again at this church. <laughs> oh. Are you going to take a picture with each other? Are you going to take a, a, a selfie? I didn't know Bigfoot had technology. This is impressive. <laughs> so we did get you a gift. Um, thank you, Mr. Foot. <laughs> or Mr. Squatch. Okay, you're going to go back? Okay, with Jesus? Okay, with Jesus. I'll see you in Western PA. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a gift basket that we have for you guys, and there's things in there for you, there's things in there for Mary, and there's things for your son. Uh, so we just want to give that to you and just say we love and appreciate you. Um, yeah. Um, so you're welcome. If you could take that back, we're going to get that off the stage in just a moment. We do have one more trivia question for you. Okay, so uh, anybody that didn't get an opportunity for a signature banana or a signature oatmeal, um, one other question for you, and the question is this. Uh, what is Pastor Matt's little-known hobby? What is his little-known hobby? A, songwriting, B, disc golf course tester, C, Minecraft team commander, or D, street cyclist? Um, what do we got? Do we see a, a hand back there? Um, anybody? Pastor Rob, you're going to walk back there? I have to say I'm thrilled that, like, some of the students' hands go up faster. Everyone else is looking like, I have no idea. What is it, Alan? I'm going to say B. B? Yeah. Disc golf course teacher? Uh, it's a good option, but it's the wrong option. Um, but, but it's close. He is an avid disc golf sportsman. But um, uh, what was number two? Anybody else in here? We got a hand up back there. You know what? Terry's hand was up, but are you? Are, no, okay, okay. Well, who, anyone else? Go to, go to Natalie. What do we have there? songwriter? Hey, songwriter. Songwriter. That is true. Well, maybe not today. But a while, Oh, hi, Miles. Maybe not today, but a long time ago. So what we did is um, one of our students put together a video to honor Pastor Matt and Mary, and we were able to take a piece of that, and we want to show that to you this morning. Um, but it's not just a video that highlights the last five years with the, with the, with the Robinsons. Uh, the Music Bed is a song that Pastor Matt wrote in 10th grade. So if you would just enjoy the next few minutes as we recognize and celebrate the Robinsons, take it away. Till the day I die, you can take away my guitar, but you can't take away my pride. Singing, oh yeah, oh my my, I'ma be believing till I close my eyes. Two wheels is the way I ride. Yeah, I was driving real fast, then I pull right over to pet a little dog and chat with its owner. Stick out my hand, it jumps real high, now I'm back in the fast lane. Freestyling, y'all know me. I stack mad paper, you see me. I see you as a hater. Some will take one look. 
female lady. I, I was in 10th grade, guys. Come on. Singing, oh yeah, oh my my. I'ma keep singing till the day I die. You can take away my guitar, but you can't take away my pride. I'm singing, oh yeah, oh my my. I'ma be believing till I close my eyes. Singing two wheels is the way I ride. All right, all right, here, here comes a bridge. We at my place, just made Kool-Aid. Thought you might want to stay. We leave, that's all right with me, even though I was still kind of thirsty. So that didn't mean what it means now. Okay. That actually, back in the day, meant just parched. So uh, just translating that for you, okay? Yeah, right? Kind of jarring. But 10 years ago, we actually used language for what it was. Straightforward. Oh, it's still kind of thirsty, but it's one. Here comes another one. One of those days you can't feel bad the same type of day. Ice Cube once had, so Ice Cube was this actor who once was really big, but then was not. So who's that? I don't know. Same type of day. Taylor Swift once had. No. Same type of day. Tom Brady once had. No. Same type of day. Okay. Help me out here. Same type of day that Pastor Matt once had. I'ma keep singing till the day I die And I'ma keep loving till I close my eyes And I'll keep pedaling fast till the rose petals pass Like, oh yeah, oh my my I'ma keep singing till the day I die You can take away my guitar But you can't take away my pride Singing, oh yeah, oh my my I'ma be believing till I close my eyes Well... We can all thank God that Matt uh, is called to be a youth pastor. And, but uh, that was a great song. Matt and uh, Mary and Miles, would you join me up here? And uh, we're so grateful, not just as a church, for your service, but also on behalf of the entire network of Assemblies of God churches in Pennsylvania and Delaware. The average youth pastor stays at a church for four years or less. And one of the things we like to do as a network is recognize and give acknowledgement when leaders go above and beyond that. And uh, Matt and Mary, your service here exceeded five years. Hard to believe. And you've come to look a little like a Sasquatch in that time, actually, <laughs> with the beard and the hair. Like, But uh, we want to present you with this this morning. It just simply says, in grateful recognition of over five years of service and ministry to the youth and families of Bridge Community Church and the Pendel Ministry Network, Matthew and Mary Robinson are hereby recognized with the words of the Apostle Paul, I fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Matt and Mary, thank you so much. Would you give them a hand? And uh, Matt, we want to give you the opportunity. There's been a lot said about you, and uh, we want to give you the opportunity as well to say what God's put on your heart. Okay, yeah. Um, well, Miles, first, do you want to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> Miles, what does the iguana say? There it is. <laughs> uh, wow, we were just thinking about... Um, thinking about this incredible experience the past five years, and we are so honored and blessed by you guys being our family um, in our home, away from home, and um, we really feel like, honestly, we kind of, we kind of grew up here in a, in a way, like we kind of, we were almost like kids, and you know, it's almost like we were in a new season of our lives, so we're just so thankful that you guys have been a church that, that loves and that cares, and that cares for um us and cares for my son Miles and I'm just so excited for what God has in store for Bridge and uh, I'll be praying for you and know that I'm I'm not that far away so you're welcome to to come visit me and I'll be back as well. I love you, uh, Mary. Do you have any anything to add? We love you and uh, yeah, Miles is ready for the service to be over. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We we love you. We're going to pray, Matt, for you. Uh, 
It's okay. It's all right. Uh, what we'd like to do is just have a, a, a closing time of prayer with Matt, and we'll pray for Mary and Miles as well. Uh, but uh, I want to invite uh, first uh, to join for this prayer, of course, Pastor Paul and uh, Pastor Rob, but also the students who are here that were a part of the youth ministry, the, the CSM. Uh, if you would come up now and come join us on stage here, and we're going to lay hands. In fact, Matt, why don't you step down here onto the altar uh, floor and just gather around uh, students, uh, Pastor Matt, and then also any uh, of the elders here at the church, uh, any elders or board members, if you would come join as well. And uh, let's lay hands on Pastor Matt and uh, by extension as well to Mary and to Miles. And we want to pray uh, a prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving. As we look to the future and their future, we want to thank God for the time and the years that he gave us together with Pastor Matt and Mary. Uh, and we also want to pray a blessing over their future. So church, would you stretch out a hand? And if you feel led, you may come up as well and, and, and lay hands on them directly. But God, thank you for Matt and thank you for Mary and thank you for Miles. God, thank you for five good years. Thank you for the years that we had together here at Bridge Community Church with Matt and with Mary. Thank you for the blessing that they were to all the students that are gathered here and those who have even gone out uh, under their ministry to college or to the workplace. God, thank you. We bless the past, and we say thank you for the blessing of the time we had together. And God, now we pray a special prayer over the Robinson family for their future that you would guide them and that you would direct their path. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would make clear to them the directions and the steps to take. We pray that you would clear the way for them to have success in the mission that you have called them to across our state of Pennsylvania and Hermitage, Pennsylvania. God, we pray today that uh, Mary and Miles would also uh, find their way in ministry and in life and in vocation out in western Pennsylvania. And God, we just pray a special blessing over them. For Matt and Mary, may the God of hope fill them with all joy and peace as they trust in you, that they may overflow with joy through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, we pray for the Robinson family that you would bless them and keep them, that you would lift up your countenance on them, that you would turn your face towards them and give them peace. In Jesus' name we pray today. Amen and amen.